What's up? Welcome to episode 25 of the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Bueller. Today, my guest is Dar Stella Bada. She is a one-woman stoner blues rock band from Southern Maryland who builds and plays cigar box guitars. Uh, Dar released her first vinyl record, Lo-Fi Rejection, in 2019. Her LP is available on Bandcamp for free download, or you can pay if you choose to. Um, We had a fun conversation about all things music and what she's been up to. Like I mentioned before, she builds uh, and plays cigar box guitars, which is pretty unique. But I uh, did not know that there is, in fact, a cigar box scene, which was pretty cool. Um... In any case, you can check out her website, darstellabata.com, if you want to see some photos of, of the guitars, or of her playing, or music, or all that stuff. Uh, other than that, this podcast is based around the Baltimore, D.C. area. My band is The Hollow Truce. If you play in the area or beyond, and you want to be on the podcast, you can always hit me up. Other than that, I uh, hope you enjoy the episode. And uh, have a good weekend. Dar still butter. He doesn't know what to do. So he's me. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, good to see you. I guess uh, I met you one time back at uh, Old Line. Oh, uh, yeah. Old Line Brewery. Yeah. Back there. Oh, yeah. At the, yeah. Um, the, the show I played, right? The yeah. Right, okay. So, uh, welcome to what I call the part-time rock star podcast. I kind of started it during the quarantine, um, you know, just to kind of... That's cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Kind of help people get their music out there and all that, so... Yeah, that's that's great. I think any kind of, like, podcast, zines, um... Yeah, independent television shows, anything like that, I think is uh, is great for people. To, I wish I had more time because I would definitely do my own podcast. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You get into a little bit of a editing groove, and not too bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for coming on. I figured this way I could help uh, maybe promote either your music or your guitars. Um, yeah, definitely. Because what I'll have to do for the sake of this episode is post some photos on, you know, on the Facebook pages and the Instagrams and whatever to kind of show people your guitars, but they're, uh, they're pretty unique. So I thought maybe, thought maybe you could, uh, talk about those or where you're selling them or how you're building them or anything like that. All right. Yeah. Um, are you recording? Yep. I'm recording. Just one, two. No, <laughs> all right, so all right, it all started in 2017. Um, my buddy Rob Lee, he he uh, was working with a band called Urban Pioneers, which is like kind of like a folk punk band out of um, West Virginia. I want to say around kind of like the Shepherdstown, Martinsburg area. I'm not quite sure where they're from, but I know they're from West Virginia. And he was doing a show, and they had, were doing raffling off, um, you know, prizes. And one of the prizes was a cigar box guitar that I guess one of the, someone had built. 
and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, dude, I'm totally trying to win that, you know, but um, I bought some raffle tickets. I did not win, unfortunately. There was, like, a couple other handmade instruments, maybe, like, um, like a banjo made out with, like, a cookie tin or something interesting like that, and um, I didn't win anything, so... Uh, January of 2017, I had some time off because I was going to college. I was back in college for uh, graphic design, so I had some time off, you know, in January in between semesters. And I looked up a YouTube video, and it's by a, my friend, um, I forget what his name is right now because I haven't, I haven't um, talked to him in a long time, but... He, um, he does a lot of CB Giddy, like, CB Giddy is the company where I buy all my, a lot of my parts from, a lot of cigar box guitar parts, like, yeah. the strings, um, volume pots, tuners, stuff like that, but anyway, uh, if his name comes to mind, I'll, I'll definitely, uh, say it, but he had a video, and I had to make one, so I, I just watched the YouTube video, and I made one. It was the first, the first one I made, and um, I just, it worked. It ended up where I was like, oh, this is it's not even going to work. I'm going to make yeah. it. It's not even going to work. But it ended up working, and uh, it, it sounded so good, and I just fell in love with the sound. Um, it's open G tuning. It's a low G, D, D, and then high G, which I think out of a regular pack of guitar strings is the A, D, and E string. Yeah. Just tune it to GDG, which is open G tuning. And um, he teaches how to make them with the slide. Mm-hmm. Um, you can still hear me, right? Yeah, I can still hear you. I'm going to I'm gonna try to look up the... Uh, I, I myself made a how-to video, but the one that I made was... Um, it's a little more intricate than the one that he made. He made... A video that is very simple to follow straightforward um, you know you don't need you can pretty much find the parts anywhere laying around your house pretty much so um, what I can also do is any links that you have um, I, if they come up later you can just send them to me and I can add them to the description for this episode okay so ideally what I like to do is add like your personal links like to either your music or in this case if you have a site for your guitars and then you know if you think of the other guy's name you can always um, pinch that in there too. Right. Um, yeah mainly for me it's like I build the guitars and they sell so fast that I, I do have an Etsy site but like when I build one, I'll make a video and um, do a demonstration on how you know how it sounds and stuff. And then usually, I'll post it on my Instagram or Facebook, and somebody will uh, you know hit buy me it up. up and we'll buy it. Yeah, that's cool. Do you take like personal orders at all, or is it kind of random? <laughs> like custom? Yeah. Yeah, I take custom orders, but like not really because. Um, I have, like, I do a Grateful Dead guitar kind of deal, and um, 
I felt the Grateful Dead bass. And some, like, some people want, like, like, my style is built more towards, like, a hobo design. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And some people want, like, this, like, shiny, polished, like, you know what I mean? Like, um, Les Paul kind of deal. And I'm like, that's not really my style. You know, mine are more, like, rustic and just look like I just found the parts, you know, yeah. just digging around in the trash or something. You know, that's, that's my style. But the sound... My sound and my guitar, I use a pickup made by my friend Marty Tauber out in Maine. He hand-winds these pickups. <clears throat> the pickups that I use now, you get like a, you can uh, plug up to like a stack and get like a super heavy, fuzzy, warm sound. So um, my the sound is kind of what I'm more involved in with my guitars more than the looks. And what, when people want custom guitars, yeah. They're looking for a certain look. Mm-hmm. But mine are more about if you're an actual musician and yeah. you want you want that heavy seventies kind of like deep purple canned heat sound, you know, like yeah. maybe like, you know, uh bluesy like Sabbath. Like yeah, like heavy sound like Yeah, it's cool because you actually don't necessarily expect that sound to come out of that guitar um when you play yeah it does kind of look very uh folk punky like uh definitely so definitely looks like you could hop some trains with it if you know what i mean for sure for sure um so yeah i mean to anyone who's ever seen you play it's uh that part is definitely you know easily recognizable so that's that's cool that you have that going um and like i said i'll i'll try to get some pictures of them up too um the song that i remember you playing though was just uh mario rich dude i think that was <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's a good one so i think i'll put that one in this episode as well for people because i remember awesome. i remember that's the uh, the crowd liked that one that was a punky like that's definitely like a little like upbeat punky song there yeah yeah, it's got a little bit of, like, Ramones-y feel to it. Yeah. Definitely have some punk influences on my music. Like, grunge punk. So, the album that uh, I've listened to is uh, Lo-Fi Rejection. Yeah. Um, is that the only one? Just to... No, I have another album, uh, Cigar Box Guitar album, called One Woman Jam. And that one, um, that one has some real good songs on it as well. That's on my band camp. Uh, you know, that band camp, my band camp is where I sell most of my music digitally because it's just like, um, you can either download it for free or you can like send a donation, which is, you know, it's good for people. It's good for all people because if people like what you're doing, they'll, um, you know, they'll like definitely try to support you and give you some money. Or if they le- if they like your music and they just don't have it, they can still get the music and just download it for free, you know. Yeah, it's a cool way to do it. I'll definitely list your Bandcamp. Um, personally, I I actually Bandcamp something I kind of looked over. Um, I know the distribution I use kind of goes to a lot of the digital streaming services. Some of them are free, I think, but um, I definitely need to get on there because I hear Bandcamp a lot about is the it. Best. Yeah. It's the best. 
Yes, you get the most, you get more percentage back of your sales than iTunes gives you. Yeah. And I try to list iTunes prices like at the lowest possible (laughs) price every time, too. I think it's like. It's good, but if you're independent and like a part time musician or whatever, it's, you know, you got, you got just so much. um, People like mostly like, it's like good for independent people because you got a lot of, um, other independent musicians on there and then like all your underground people are on there and you know people like to boycott itunes because yeah. you know they take they're just like you know like corporate you know how like everybody's trying to boycott the corporate everything you know so that's why Bandcamp is cool because you can get to the the people who are actually listening to the music that so they're able to download it and they don't want to pay that like corporate price you know yeah well yeah i mean it's definitely cool um like i said uh your website is darstellabata.com and yes. uh i'll make sure that's listed prominently um it says you're from southern maryland i guess for some reason i thought you were from uh like west virginia i don't know where I got, maybe that was a song a lot of people think i'm from west virginia i think it's the way i talk but I did spend a lot of time in West Virginia uh, when I was younger. I used to go to um, a music festival campground called Sunshine Daydreams. Yeah. Which is which is now called Trips Farm. But um, it was a, you know, I would spend my summers there, like, helping them throw the, fe- I, I helped festivals, but I also played my music there as well, starting out very young. Gotcha. Uh, Played, um, you know, like I would just write songs on acoustic guitar and and play like tweener sets. Like I played at festivals with like Blues Traveler, Michael Fronte and Spearhead, like Rat Dog. Um, you know, bands bigger like jam bands. But um, I was very young, and that's kind of how I started out was doing music that those hippie hippie festivals in the yeah. summer. And then it just evolved into like the heavy cigar. Cause I'm I'm a punk rocker. Like I love heavy music too. And and cigar box guitar was a way to kind of reach both crowds, like the hippies and the uh, rockers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I oscillate between the the punk rock world and the kind of the metal stuff. But then yeah. I also just I really like the folkier side of things too. Depending on the band, so yeah, it's cool. I mean, um, do you have you played Baltimore much at all, or? Eh. Um, not really, because I played. Um, let's see, I played at this. What's it called? It's like an art festival in Baltimore. Yeah. Where a bunch of people who make art they set up. What's it called? Uh, the farm, I think. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Not the farm. It's no. like Starscape or something. Oh yeah, I think it. Artscape maybe. Was that a Merryweather? Or no, it's in Baltimore. I mean, yeah. I didn't. I haven't played much in Baltimore. Yeah. But I'm. I am. Op- I would like to. Yeah, well, I, I just asked because that's where I'm at. So I was curious if you made it up no, this way. I, I would love to. I just. I mean, uh, most of my. 
I play mainly like um, cigar box guitar festivals where I'll do a tour and hit like, you know, um, I'll go towards like Kentucky, Tennessee, try to hit up Nashville and then work my way down to like New Orleans because they call my uh, music stoner blues rock. So it's like the scene for that kind of music is like Nashville, Mount, Mountain Town, College Town, like yeah. New Orleans, just like places where there's like artists and musicians and, um, you know, like people who like that kind of music, I guess. And like down in Oregon, I've been out to Oregon. That's awesome. Are there any yeah. bands you can name that you kind of played with or enjoyed uh, seeing or anything like that? That are... Yeah, like um, uh, Sky Page down in Georgia. She plays the guy rock guitar. She's super great. You, know, you might want to check out her music. Right. Travis Bolin, he's a, he's great. Uh, plays the guy rock guitar. Um, you know, there's like oh, there's a lot. I can't remember. Yeah, everybody's I didn't name, really re- realize there's a scene for it, like cigar oh, yeah, box guitars. There's definite, it's definitely underground, but it's getting bigger and bigger. And I went on tour to the Netherlands last year. Oh, wow. In May. And, you know, they have a, they have a cigar box guitar festival there. That's awesome. I think they have one in Germany, um, Spain, other, you know, a a lot of countries are, are just, they're just, it's like, it's just the thing people are doing, like, starting to just really like get into diy instruments yeah you know like just just like you know just putting a pickup into like anything you find like a coffee tin or, or a, just even a cigar like i've made a stomp box where i put a pickup in a cigar nice. box and i just i tap my foot on it and it's like and then i plug it into an amp and it sounds like kind of like a kick drum but all it is is just a small cigar box with a pickup in it yeah. And you just tap your foot on it and keep rhythm with your music. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely cool to hear about little scenes like that that you wouldn't know about otherwise. And it's also cool that you're essentially international. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. that's that's pretty pretty unique in itself. Um, and yeah, it was definitely an adventure going overseas. It was crazy. Yeah, I've only been over there couple times but never uh never to play music at least not yet yeah uh, i played music man definitely played music over there that's awesome yeah so like um you know in these modern times we're in um have you been able to play at all over the last six months or kind of just I did, a, I did a virtual f- uh music festival for um ozark cigar box guitar yeah festival and um they usually put their fest. They usually do their festival in Warsaw, Missouri, but because of the pandemic, they just did a virtual festival. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was cool. I mean, it was interesting. It was definitely interesting. I've been posting more videos, but I mean, you know, there's has been no shows since yeah. March. Absolutely no shows. Yeah, I mean, I only played like one this summer and. I don't know. It's uh, they're tough to get. I mean, for obvious reasons. So yeah. hopefully, you know, next summer, maybe things will be yeah. somewhat normal. Yeah, I think I think things will pick back up. 
Um, you know, I never thought in a million years I'd live through something like this, but, you know, it happens. You know, the further we get into the future, the more, you know, changes we'll probably experience with humanity and, and the planet and things like that. Which, you know, like, if anyone out there that listens, like, uh, watches sci-fi movies or read sci-fi comic books or anything like that, you know, that's always based in the future where everybody's, like, half, half robotic and the cars are hovercrafts and, you know, everybody's got a freaking barcode to buy food or whatever, you know, yeah. so... I don't... I mean, I don't think... It, I don't think, you know, we're gonna be like that next year, but... Hopefully we'll be able to have some concerts, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, where there's a will, there's a way, and I know people are itching for it, um, but I don't know, we'll just see how it goes. Uh, I think everybody, especially in the music world, just tries to be positive, and you know. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, um musicians are definitely positive and that's why you know music makes makes life better because it, it helps you feel better and um you know it's only it'll only be so long that humans you know everybody's gonna everybody's gonna be like you know oh well and they're just gonna have the concert and like you know people just gonna have to just take that risk and just you know to have a good time because you can only, you can only not, you know, listen to music live for so long before the, the people are just gonna start playing music on the street yeah. or wherever they can because it's just, it's, that's just human nature. It's not like, you know, it's not like they're trying to endanger anybody or whatever, you know. But I'm sure we can have concerts where people are, you know, safe, at safe distances or whatever, so that. You know, people are can remain healthy or whatever. Yeah, I think there's always a middle ground somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Take some time to find it. Sometimes um, they'll find it, but a lot of clubs are going out of business right yeah, now. Yeah, it is uh, actually pretty concerning that you know Live Nation is buying up all these clubs, and it's I don't know, and a lot of them are just going outright out of business. So yeah. the landscape's going to change for sure. Hopefully not, you know, for the worse, but <laughs> it's going to be different. So Yeah, it's going to be different. You're right about that. Um, but, you know, um, on the flip side, we all got a little bit more time with uh, a little less shows going on. So have you been working on, I assume, building guitars? Um, yeah, building guitars um i'm working on new music i just wrote a new song called true warrior um i play i have a video on my instagram and facebook of that that song i think it's like one of my latest posts or whatever um and i'm i like make constantly making new music and um this year i'm gonna put out like either like an ep or something with like a couple songs because I, I have two new songs and I'm gonna work on a third one. I just have like a small like little EP to like release some new material, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, yeah. hopefully, you know, everybody's able to do a little bit of that. I'm 
I'm pretty excited that you know I'll be able to go record a couple of new things pretty soon here. So it, it's been what? a good, good summer for that as far as just you know having time. Yeah, um, I'm gonna be recording with a four track like four track cassette recorder Tascam. Nice. From like 1994, I got one of those, and I'm definitely looking forward to recording with that because I just like the way that the tape sound um, is. I just think the tape sounds better than digital. Yeah. Yeah. In a way, especially creatively, like limiting yourself uh, can be just a a fun way to do something. Because sometimes when you have too many little trinkets available... I mean, you, you can kind of tweak yourself to death by, like, having too many options. I used, I think I had one of the first digital eight tracks. And all that means is, you know, obviously there were eight tracks to mess with. You couldn't do any more than that. So that's yeah. what you got. And it was pretty fun, I, you know. Yeah, it's like a more simple, like, raw sound. Then you get, you kind of get that, you know, natural sound that what you're going to sound like live. You know, like, when yeah. uh, when people record, there's, like, a tendency for people to overproduce their sound. Right. So when you go out, you know, you give this recording to a club promoter or a festival organizer, and they listen to it, they're like, oh, wow, they sound, like, so <laughs> good. And when they get up on the stage, it's a total different sound because they overproduced it or, like, you know, yeah. did, like, uh, the vocal improvements or whatever. <laughs> the auto-tune, that yeah, that'll get you. And, and uh, they, they just sound totally not like what they're going to sound like live. And I think as an artist, you want to get as close to live sounding that you're going to sound on the stage, on your recording, because that's what people are going to come see, and that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear, you know, if they think you sound like Cher or Janet Jackson, <laughs> that's what they're going to want to ex- expect when you go to they go to the show yeah you know but don't overproduce your tracks because that's not what you sound like you know what i mean yeah and also simplifying things gives you an element of focus sometimes that you might not get when you have a zillion options you hear exactly how you sound and you feel like don't like the way you sing you're like well i need to improve that or if you don't like a note you're playing on guitar you're like i'm not gonna play that you know i'm a big fan of first takes um especially as a guitar player i I really like like the first take sometimes of something because you could sit there and try a million times to get the perfect one but you know sometimes that first one it's just like playing live it's like you don't really give a shit it's like magic because you're you're giving it your all and you have all this energy stored up from not playing it's like once you keep doing take after take after take you lose i think that you lose that magic because you just start you start getting tired and you start getting bored of your song which kind of it kind of like defeats the purpose it gets portrayed through your music like if people if you feel that way then that's how the people are going to feel listening to your music so it's like i agree with you first takes is is a good way to go and if you know maybe one or two or three but after that, just take a break. Yeah. Try to refresh yourself. Indeed. Well, I mean, 
I'll probably wrap this thing up here soon, but I think we got a, a lot of stuff here information wise on what you do. And uh, hopefully I'm able to help, you know, promote it. Um, I'll definitely link your site in here uh, for people listening. There's a lot of good photos, videos. Um, I think it pretty clearly spells out, you know, what your guitars are like and it has the link to your band camp. So um, pretty much everything's there. And I found uh, your one link to when you uh, played on a Netherlands TV show, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. That was a good. That was a good uh, experience. Yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, um, like I said, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Oh, it was cool getting to meet you back at Old Line. Um, anything else? I guess that comes up, just message me. Like I said, I'll try to get you the episode, you know, before it's released and you can listen to it if you want. Make sure you didn't say anything you didn't like or something like that. But otherwise, uh, I think I could probably get it out on Friday of this week. All right. Yeah, that's cool. Even if I don't listen to it, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. I'll add your song and, uh, you know, some artwork and stuff like that. So. All right. Have a good evening. Alright man, I'm tired of being like this. Alright, later. And I don't mean to be rude. I'm about to give up and marry a rich dude. Marry a rich dude. Marry a rich dude. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. And if you made it this far, uh, the song you're hearing is Marry a Rich Dude. Once again, off uh, Dar Silabata's album, which you can get on Bandcamp. Um, you can name your price for the song or you can download it for free that's uh, lo-fi rejection and uh, other than that hopefully you uh, enjoyed the interview whether you're friends or hers, fans or whatnot. Um, and again if you are a musician in the area and you want to do a podcast promote some new music or something like that you can always let me know I'm uh, about to go into the studio myself, start ramping things up, so it should be fun. Other than that, uh, have a good weekend.